I would definitely say that we can have an impact and play an important role. So what we do is to disrupt and improve the logistics market. There are many trends. Um, we can observe, for example, that door-to-door -door delivery will not be very common anymore in the future. Also, trucks will be forbidden in inner city centers due to traffic jam and pollution, etc. And yeah, I think here our goal is really to contribute in improving this last mile logistics. Hello and welcome to Future Strategies. I'm your host, Florian Schleicher. You want your marketing to achieve goals and sustainable growth? You have come to the right place. In this podcast, I talk with marketing experts and share my own know-how on how to bring your marketing to the next level with a lot of inspiration and learnings, all without the usual hustle. So let's jump right into it. Today, I am delighted to speak with Sarah Aust. Sarah is the head of marketing at Storebox, a thriving scale-up in the logistics industry that operates in six European countries. There, she developed from a crew member to a management position and built a successful team of 10 experts from different nationalities. During her career, she gathered insights in the cultural industry as well as different marketing positions, such as a digital agency. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you, Florian. Thank you for the intro and the invitation. <laughs> Great to have you with us. So I would like to start things off by asking you, what is Storebox and what do you do in your role as head of marketing there? Mm -hmm. So yeah, in my role as head of marketing, I'm responsible for strategically managing and enhancing the different verticals we have at Storebox. So the four different target audiences we have. So from marketing point of view, these are B2C and B2B. So we offer self-storage and logistic solutions. Um, we have franchise as we are also a franchise system and are supporting in finding new potential partners and expansion. Here marketing supports in finding new real estate leads to grow our location network. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I'm leading a team of 10 yeah, very cool and, and smart experts in the field of performance marketing, of brand, PR, content, offline and location marketing. Mm -hmm. So it's actually three different sub-teams, but yeah, they cover various areas as all of our marketing for the six countries, as you mentioned, and for more than 200 franchisees is managed in our headquarters in Vienna. Wow, that sounds cool. <laughs> Yeah, it is exciting. <laughs> yeah. And one really interesting thing is that you are really solving an actual problem for consumers. Mm -hmm. Could you walk us through a little bit on the solution that you have and how it actually started? So yeah, Starbucks is tackling like different problems, especially urbanization and the struggles of last mile logistics. Mm -hmm. So to explain this, there have been two mega trends we can observe for many years now. So one is urbanization. Up to 2050, 75% of the earth population will be living in cities. And the second one is booming e-commerce. So research predicts that there will be an increase in e-commerce from 2023 to 2028 of around 60%. Mm -hmm. So if we look at it from a sustainability point of view, it's actually quite a disturbing trend that kind of the overall consumer behavior will very likely not change too much. However, from our Storebox business per perspective, those mega trends help us to push the relevancy of Storebox. Mm -hmm. uh, so why? Because as mentioned, more and more people are already living and will be living in the cities, and these people will increasingly order online. Mm -hmm. And that's where the logistics industry, the logistics systems as they work today, 
will be reaching their limits of capacity. And this is where Starbucks comes into play. We rent vacant real estate spaces, mm-hmm. um, which will also like be the result of this e-commerce trend. So there we rent those retail spaces and those can be used for different purposes. So one is self-storage, as mentioned before. So here we solve the problem for customers. We have Mm -hmm. this kind of expanded living room. They can store their belongings there, um, like various things. Secondly, we have micro hubs. And with those micro hubs, we assist companies in optimizing their last mile. Mm-hmm. What does this mean exactly? I can give you some examples to get a better yeah. picture of what we do here. Um, so companies can be more efficient because we help them to reduce their travel time. This means that they have shorter distances, less kilometers, and therefore less emissions of t- CO2. Mm-hmm. So normally, many B2B companies have their like big warehouses outside of the city, yeah. and then their technicians or uh, yeah, their, their employees travel outside the city, get some of their spare parts, etc., and then travel mm. back to the city, back to their customers. Yeah. Um, and when they use Starbucks, they can use our decentralized storage network hmm. because especially like in Vienna and Berlin, um, we have many locations already and like generally more than 300, as you heard. And so they can use these inner city locations we have and um, don't need to take their ways like outside the city. Yeah. One thing that I'm curious about is because you obviously benefit from network effects. Mm -hmm. So whenever your supply side, your B2B side grows, you can also grow the B2C side and vice versa. Mm -hmm. How do you then define your marketing target audience? Do you focus more on the B2C side or on the B2B part? I would say like from the beginning, the main focus was always B2C because as you said, we kind of needed the, the locations and this network to even to even service B2B better, especially mm-hmm. if we talk about this um, logistics network and about the use of micro hubs for the last mile. Of course, we also have B2B customers like small and medium-sized enterprises who just book their storage online, who just need one cabin. So of course, there we also serve B2B customers, but for this like last mile logistics optimization, here we really profit from the network and we need the network. And in terms of the target audience, I would say, it's all about the benefit that Starbucks can bring. So we mainly define our audience by use cases. Mm-hmm. So our major USP, as you heard, <laughs> is that we are local. We are the storage next door. And this factor of inner city locations is something various people can profit from. So on the B2C side, it could be students who do a semester abroad and need to store their stuff. It could be mm-hmm. a young couple who wants to start a family and doesn't have enough space in their flat or people who need to store their winter or summer equipment, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, however, an average B2C customer is male and approximately 50 years old. Interesting. Mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's very common because the older people get, the more things they have. Uh, yeah. And the need for storage is bigger later in life. So I, I guess that's something some of us can, can relate. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's also what we see in our audience, that they are actually like older, or older but later in life, I would say. Yeah, very interesting. And do you also then target those people now knowing that they use it or do you still focus on the younger target audience? We target quite broad, actually. Um, so we do a lot of performance marketing and there we like also do lookalike audiences or like generally very broad and 
um, automized targeting. And so I would say we define it between 25 to 65 years. So mm -hmm. yeah, leave it broad and let the algorithm learn. You now dropped a, a word that I want to dive in deeper, which is performance marketing. Mm -hmm. And as it seems, there are two big waves currently in marketing. One who say, okay, performance marketing is the thing you need to do. And the other who says brand marketing is the thing you need to focus on. Mm -hmm. How would you define the split at Storebox? Mm -hmm. So yeah, generally, I would say we have a multi-channel marketing strategy with an emphasis on performance marketing. And I think the bigger we get, the more important brand marketing will be. But as we are a scale-up, we need to work very performance-driven and mm. we need to be able to track our results and have immediate results as well. So I think this is one hard or one clear factor why as a scale-up we're really focusing on performance. And on the other hand, one of the other key factors is that self-storage is a demand-based product. And so also the self-storage report from 2023 from FIDESA This is the Federation of European Self-Storage Association mm -hmm. says that 45% of the public have not heard of self-storage. Mm -hmm. um, wow, I think 45%. This, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you hear this as a marketer, you're like, oh my God, people don't know our product. They should know Starbucks. They should know yeah. storage. And then on the other hand, and this is also kind of the idea of the marketing strategy, it's okay if they don't know self-storage as long as they don't need it yet. But as soon yeah. as they need a storage, We are here and they find us. So that's why we do a lot of search engine advertising, of course, also SEO, search engine optimization, yeah. um, and also a lot of uh, top funnel activities. And maybe regarding your question in terms of branding, we really profit from our location network. So as we have mm -hmm. yeah, more than 300 locations, people really know us through our locations, which is great. This is also a result mm -hmm. we saw in our latest survey that 25% of people are familiar with us through our locations. Hmm. So they kind of serve as billboards for us, so to say. Yeah, that actually reminds me of back when I was working at Too Good To Go mm -hmm. and we were pushing stores to use our bags, paper mm -hmm. bags, because every time a, a person was running around the streets mm -hmm. with the Too Good To Go bag, it's actually an advertisement yeah, true, that exactly, people see. Yeah. And it's the same for you. And I have a store box in the next street of mine And every time I walk by it, I get reminded, okay, it's an option to have exactly, yeah. mm -hmm. whenever I need it. And I think that's the important thing is because mostly it's not a thing that people use on a daily basis. Like mm -hmm. nobody needs, or I don't know how mm -hmm. many people need a store box on a daily basis. So it's all about constantly reminding them mm -hmm. that when the time comes, it's there. It's kind of like automotive ads. Mm -hmm. So nobody buys a car every day, but... If they then decide to, they should know, okay, there is brand XYZ out there. Mm -hmm. True, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this then means also that you invest a lot into just raising awareness. As you said, 45% don't know about self-storage solutions in general. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? How do you raise awareness for the whole market segment? I would say that we are not the ones to raise awareness for the whole market segment. This would be probably a bit too much. But in terms of B2C, we do meta and Instagram ads, we do YouTube ads. So of course, this is more like on a upper funnel level and more branding effect as well. But then again, coming back to performance, we push a lot with retargeting mm. um, also on the various channels. Oh, yeah. And also, of course, like we also have a team, brand and communications team, which focuses on social media, on press activities, also 
Location-Marketing-Team. Here we do a lot of marketing for our franchisees. So like each month, they open some locations. And here we do a lot of regional marketing as well. So mm. regional press. Sometimes we also do out of home. So it kind of depends on, on the size and on the specific requirements for the location. But there we also try to be present in the specific region. Yeah. So that's kind of how we try to push it awareness in the area where we are or where we kick it off. Sounds very good because also you mentioned press and I was just in a coaching session with a client of mine mm -hmm. where I explained to them the importance of using PR and mm -hmm. press um, because I think that's something that a lot of early stage startups are not aware of. Mm -hmm. How much potential lies in a newspaper, a magazine, a TV station, a radio station doing coverage on you. Mm -hmm. What have you learned about how to create stories so that they are actually picked up and mm -hmm. that you don't have to pay for them, but you place something that is just so appealing to journalists and to readers that they basically publish it for free? I think what we've learned and what we're still learning is that we need to be more brave because sometimes you think like, okay, this is very clean and straight story and this mm -hmm. makes sense and this is news and people should publish it but it's kind of boring and it's not relevant enough so mm. here we really try and as i mentioned we're still learning we really try to push more with the storytelling to think of different angles we could tell and also target very media specific because if you have one story and you just send it out to your whole yeah. um, press context of course it's not relevant so that it's super important to also kind of have this network or at least like call them sell them the story pitch it to one specific media and not to five media at the same time so yeah that's something we definitely learned and are still working on and of course there are some stories which are just interesting like investment and they're easier to get press coverage And others, I think you have to be very precise in the targeting and in the storytelling. Yeah, I totally agree. And you now touched upon a topic, which was investment. So Starbucks just raised 15.5 million for an expansion. Mm -hmm. What can we expect from that? Do you already have some marketing plans for the future that you want to share? Is it about going to new markets or is it strengthening your stance in the existing markets? Mm -hmm. Um, so you can expect a lot, of course. <laughs> um, so yeah, what we want to focus on company-wide is the densification of our storage network in the DACH and Benelux markets. Mm -hmm. um, so of course, that's also what we support marketing-wise to really, on the one hand, get more franchisees in this region to further grow and expand our network and also yeah, to grow our brand awareness to support our locations, etc. So this is kind of the main emphasis. And also, we are at the moment further developing our B2B product for the last mile logistics. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot happening um, internally at the moment. So that's definitely something we also plan to focus even more next year on our B2B marketing strategy and on pushing those yeah, solutions even more. Mm -hmm. And yeah, actually for the rest, in terms of marketing, I'm still evaluating a lot. So, yeah, looking into identifying new growth potentials. So I'm thinking also with the performance team, we discussed of like broadening the channel mix. And I'm also looking into micro-influencers, so more into mm. user-generated content. So there are many ideas, but nothing has been set in stone yet. Yeah, <laughs> I like the micro-influencer thing. We did that uh, mm -hmm. in the past 
And I also recommend it to a lot of clients at the mm -hmm. moment because I think it's a good way to reach a certain kind of target audience in a very authentic way. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. not you telling the story, but it's a person that mm -hmm. people can relate to that then tells the story about you, which then gives you much more credibility. So I think mm -hmm. that's a very good idea. Yeah, exactly. And it makes it much more interesting as well because... Yeah, we're always like, okay, we're storage. What what can we do more? How can we be more fun or more entertaining to get also more organic reach and not only be on the paid side all the time? So yeah, I also think that this could be a good option to to reach a new audience and be more present, as you said, in a more authentic way. Yeah. So one of the things I think you mentioned it at the beginning of our conversation, and I want to talk a little bit more about sustainability now. Mm -hmm. Because you wrote on your website also, we create the logistics of tomorrow. So how sustainable is tomorrow going to be? You already mentioned some of the things that you're doing, mm -hmm. but how sustainable can it actually be when urbanization is growing and mm -hmm. also ordering online, e-commerce is booming? How can you play a role in making it sustainable? So I think Starbucks can contribute and be a part of the solution to climate neutrality in various ways. So to be fair, the future will not be 100% sustainable, so we can't change the logistics industry in total. But I would definitely say that we can have an impact and play an important role. So what we do is to disrupt and improve the logistics market. And this has various positive side effects. So as you mentioned, we talked about it shortly before. With our services, we can support in making the last mile more efficient. Mm -hmm. So this efficiency means that we save travel time for employees, but also on the customer side, we save kilometers. So for example, one of our biggest customers is IKEA. And mm -hmm. for IKEA, we offer click and collect services. So people can order on the IKEA website, for example, a shelf. And instead of having a transport, which brings it to their home, they can choose Starbucks Click and Collect. Nice. So this saves time for, uh, for the transport, but also instead of going to the IKEA and driving there maybe for one hour with the car, they can just pick it at the Starbucks. And thereby we save CO2. Also, we have white label parcel walls in our location, so hmm. lockers. And here it's possible to save up to 40% CO2 emissions on the last mile. So mm. that's, that's kind of the same way. So it serves like all as a micro hub where you, for example, can deliver your parcel to a store box and also return it there. And those are various options where we kind of improve the logistics, I would say, because in the long run, it will need to change. So there are many trends uh, we can observe, for example, the door-to-door -door delivery will not be very common anymore in the future. Yeah. Also, trucks will be forbidden in inner city centers due to traffic mm -hmm. jam and pollution, etc. And yeah, I think here our goal is really to contribute in improving this last mile logistics. And that's exactly where we come into play. Yeah. And I think you have a very important role, as you mentioned, there to play because you can be an enabler of mm -hmm. people using a more sustainable way to get their parcels delivered. Mm -hmm. Because if the courier has to go to every apartment, um, then maybe they need to change parking spots every mm -hmm, time. Exactly. And mm -hmm. it's much more effort and that does CO2 than if there is one pickup place. I'm now curious, Sarah, do you also then say that in your marketing outreach that it's a more sustainable solution or 
do you more focus on the direct benefits of um, practicability, feasibility, um, easiness, mm -hmm. or does sustainability play a role? Mm -hmm. To be honest, it's not the main focus. For example, on our B2B website, so on the logistic solutions product and for companies, we also emphasize it a lot because also the goal of many companies is to become climate neutral on the last mile. So this is, for example, also the goal of IKEA. Yeah. And that's exactly where they are aware that they can reach these goals with us. Yes. On the B2C side, I thought about it Yeah, when also preparing for the podcast that it's actually not something we communicate too much. But of course, it would also be interesting to point out to the fact yeah, that people can deliver to the parcel walls. And this is much, much more sustainable than home to home deliveries. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, I don't think every company needs to communicate on every channel about sustainability. Mm. I think what's very important is that if you communicate, there needs to be something behind that. Exactly. Yeah. It can't be just, okay, we're doing this thing. And then you look at it and you see, no, mm. it's not actually that. Mm. But if you do something good, you can choose how big a part it should play in your sustainability communication. But I really like that you use it in the B2B communication a lot because I think there you also have an important lever that you can pull because all those companies need to become CO2 neutral mm -hmm. and they are looking actively for solutions. So I think there it's a very good way to play with it. Mm -hmm. So one thing I really like about what you were saying is, and you mentioned it now again, you focus a lot also on trends. So it seems to me like part a big part of your analysis and diagnosis is always looking at what's going to happen in the world and how can we then be a part of that change and adapt ourselves. Like you mentioned, okay, trucks are maybe not going to be able to drive to the city center anymore. So we need to think of a new solution. And you also mentioned at the beginning, the mega trends, this urbanization mm -hmm. and the booming e-commerce. So how often do you actually look at trends um, to adapt your strategy to them? I would say, or in, in this part, I need to give the credits to our CEO, CEO Johannes Breit, as he's also from the logistics industry. And mm -hmm. I think he always like had this vision of where Starbucks needs to go in the future. So even if we started more on the B2C side, mm -hmm. he always had this big picture that we will optimize the last mile. Yeah. Um, generally, I would say in the marketing team, we look at trends um, like regularly but more in terms probably of what changes, what new features are there in performance or what channels are interesting or where should we adapt and, and keep up. So I would say like the main focus here is more like really on the specific marketing side. But of course, we're also um, a lot in touch with those like mega trends and the topics we discuss overall at Storebox, but it's not something marketing specific, I would say, but something we share and exchange on like on a company level. I like that because I think it's just important whenever you look at the big picture to also consider, okay, what's going to happen in the future mm -hmm. and how is that going to impact us? And there are sustainability trends, but there are also other trends like the ones you mentioned. And I think you can only have a full picture of what's happening and where you're going if you also look at those trends. So I really like this approach. Mm -hmm. So now coming to the three final questions, Sarah, what is good marketing for you in three words? I think it definitely needs to be impactful. And yeah, so what I mean with that is that it needs to reach a certain goal, which ideally should be defined before. So this could be either like to create attention in terms of branding or have 
uh, like generate revenues or reach other KPIs. So I think, um, or be sustainable or whatsoever. So it should have an impact. Um, also, it needs to be data-driven mm-hmm. because, yeah, you need to evaluate what you're doing um, and creative. And yeah, here I also think it doesn't necessarily need to be creative in terms of, okay, you need a crazy design or a crazy message. It can be that as well, but mm-hmm. also creative in terms of the approach you're taking. Because sometimes it depends on like which company you're working at. Is it a startup? Is it a corporate? And yeah, there you need to find different approaches and sometimes think outside the box and adapt to yeah the, the situations you have. <laughs> yeah, I like that also with the balancing act of data-drivenness versus creativeness. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the future of marketing? I think it's ever-changing. So that's also what we touched up upon before shortly. There are new trends all the time. There are new updates, new features, new social channels. So there's so much happening all the time. So I think as a marketeer, you really need to yeah, stay up to date. It can be challenging sometimes because you always need to learn. But I think that's also what makes it fun and interesting. So definitely ever-changing. And I also think that it will be more automated in the future. I think it's already going into the, this direction, of course, with AI and, and many features coming but I guess in the long run also the um, the way we work in marketing will probably change due to all the all the yeah, technology which is coming and I hope that it's more sustainable so yeah I think we're talking a lot about sustainability and it's getting more and more important and I hope that in the future it will be also not just something we talk about how we can implement it or how we can communicate it but that it's really like a yeah a fixed component of it yeah i also hope so and i think it's going to happen mm-hmm. the only question is when and yeah. will it be fast enough mm. but i have a follow-up question because you mentioned automatization and ai mm. are you using ai as a marketing team mm, i would say yes to a certain degree but not too much yet mm-hmm. so yes like for content for some prompts but for example for using it really for creating content this is something i want to test more but actually we're not at at the stage yet where we say we can really use this content it is really um, saving us work time but it's more like you need to play around a lot to really get a result you can use Um, but i guess this will also improve soon and that's definitely something i want to do more in the future cool i'm looking forward to catching up then (laughs) (laughs) so last question What book have you read recently that you want to recommend here? Mm -hmm. I've read Assembly from Natasha Brown. Mm -hmm. And this is a book about cultural assimilation, about privilege, about race, gender and power. So it's actually quite a short book, which covers Mm -hmm. a lot of very intense topics. And yeah, it tells the story of a black British woman who like from a superficial perspective does all the right things. She lives a good life. She gets promoted in her finance job. She has a wealthy boyfriend, but but still she's very suppressed and controlled and never feels like she's belonging. So Mm -hmm. it faces discrimination like as a woman, but especially as a black woman. And and, yeah, it's very critical and touches all the inequalities of our time. So yeah, it's quite, it makes you quite angry and sad, but I think it's a really important and and good book to read. Um, Yeah, that's why I want to recommend it here. Yeah. Definitely goes up to my Christmas reading list. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> nice, cool. <laughs> so, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really enjoyed our conversation. I definitely learned a lot also. Thanks for sharing your perspectives. And I hope to see you soon. 
Yeah, thank you so much for the invitation. It was really cool to talk to you. And yeah, I'm looking forward to our next chat soon. <laughs> Then see you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. And now I have a question for you. Are you curious how your marketing can achieve sustainable growth? Then I have some simple and exciting options for you. First, this is exactly what I do for my clients. I help them build their future strategy with workshops and sparring sessions. I also have a very simple entry offer for founders and aspiring marketing experts, the Simple and Sustainable Marketing Academy, with a ridiculously cheap entry ticket price. Because I love sharing what I've learned. Lastly, if you enjoy reading, check out my newsletter, where I write about marketing, strategies and sustainability for over a thousand bright and curious minds. You can find all the info in the show notes. And if you have any feedback on this episode, I'd love to hear it. Please give me a rating wherever you listen if you like it or reach out to me directly. So until next time on Future Strategies.